0: Welcome to Set the Tone, the podcast, brought to you with support from BTL, the makers of M-Sculpt Neo. Many people struggle with weight loss over a lifetime. Karen May is one of those people. After gaining significant weight in 2020, Karen doubled down and lost 30 pounds. She joined Set the Tone, the BTL podcast, to talk to host Dr. Paul Jarrett Frank about her new role as a fitness coach and her pursuit of a tummy tuck. Set the Tone, the podcast is brought to you with support from BTL, the makers of M-Sculpt Neo. M-Sculpt Neo offers two therapies and a single treatment for less fat and more muscle.
1: Hello, friends. It is Dr. Paul Jared Frank, and welcome to my third podcast by BTL. I'm going to talk about a lot of things intersecting fitness, wellness, cosmetic surgery, and the silver linings of COVID-19. Just a little bit about myself. I'm a cosmetic dermatologist here in New York City and founder of P. Frank, MD. I am also an author of the Pro Aging Playbook, Embracing a Lifestyle of Beauty and Wellness Inside and Out. So I really enjoy talking about things not only that we do on the outside to ourselves to make us feel and look good, but also the things we do on the inside. And that brings us to, to today's guest. Today, we're talking to Karen May. She's a health coach and a chef who's had her own unique journey in life and through COVID-19. And she is a pure example about the things we can do from the inside to make us feel good on the outside and the past. So Karen, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Now, I've done a little research on you here, and it sounds like, like many people, you've had the not uncommon journey of weight issues during life, weight issues during COVID, and you've used it not only to empower yourself physically and emotionally, but also to help other people. So let's start out with a little bit of your journey over the years and through COVID.
2: Basically, my entire life, it's been up and down, up and down, um... I've been on every diet, I've gained, I've lost, I've gained, I lost. Um, But I always like to say I was always the heaviest, heavy, I was always the healthiest heavy person you'd ever meet.
1: Yeah.
2: And as I got older, I'm now 53, as I got older, losing weight didn't come so rapidly. It wasn't as easy to drop those couple of pounds. And in the last couple of years, it certainly started creeping up. And then I went into the big M. And once menopause hit, <laughs> uh, the weight stayed on, and then we hit uh, COVID, and I was basically eating like I was never going to have to leave my house again.
1: Yeah,
2: and You're I storing was
1: storing energy.
2: <laughs> I was storing something, and yeah. we were we were just ordering in, eating everything wrong, drinking too much, eating too much, and. You know, you're not wearing clothes that are form-fitting. You're wearing yoga pants. You're wearing comfortable clothes in the house. And it just started going up. I was as heavy as I was when um, I was pregnant, and it was the heaviest I had been. And um, I was getting nervous that I was not going to lose it.
1: Yeah. And also for health issues, right? Not just the the way you look and feel, right?
2: Yes. I think oftentimes with women, unless you have a jarring issue... You're losing weight for vanity's sake. Of
1: course.
2: Um, but I will say that with my weight loss, I always had high cholesterol. My numbers were always high. Since I've lost the weight, my numbers have been normal for the first time as an adult.
1: You said about wearing, you know, you're wearing looser clothes around the house during COVID. I always, you would joke around to my patients, is a great way to help you lose weight is always make sure you buy clothes one size smaller. You know, uh, it, what you wear actually affects the way you feel. It's like a, it's, it's a real thing, right? If you're in sweatpants all the time.
2: Even the way you carry yourself, if you're wearing a suit or you're wearing slacks, you carry yourself much differently than when you're wearing, you know, yoga pants.
1: Yeah. So what, what, that, that sounded like a good turning point to you. What was the day? What was the incidence? What was that mirror moment where you were like, I got to do something?
2: You know, all summer, last summer, I was uncomfortable in my own skin. You know, it was a time to, people were starting to get outside a little bit more, even though we were social distancing. And I just was uncomfortable. None of my clothes were fitting. Um, I just knew I had to do something. And uh, I, start, I literally started my journey on a Labor Day, the Monday. Oh, yeah. yeah, the uh, Monday of Labor Day weekend.
1: And now you're you're a health coach and help people doing this now. Was there someone you sought after to help you? Is this something like a do-it-yourself type of thing?
2: I joined a program, and I actually saw someone post something online. And it was someone that I knew for a long time. He had posted a side-by-side. He had lost 40 pounds in a very short period of time. There's never a diet I don't like to ask about. So, of course, I texted him, what are you doing? He told me. And I went on his plan and, you know, what was nice about it is I was home. There wasn't a lot of distraction. Right. It wasn't, you know, people weren't going out for dinner. People weren't drinking. Um, And it was an easy way to do it. And I just put my mind to it. And the first week I lost seven and a half pounds. The second week I lost uh, three or so. And once you lose 10 pounds, it's almost a size. And I, I was already feeling better. And, um, and I just stuck with it. And I lost 30 pounds in three months.
1: What was different about this in terms of the strategy you used, what you ate, what you did, as opposed to other times that you said you've, you've, you've tried before? What, what, what was the secret sauce you thought?
2: To me, I really believe the secret sauce with, with weight loss is your head has to be in the game. And if your head can catch up, to what your desire is to lose weight, it's, you know, you'll succeed. It could be anything. I don't care if it's Weight Watchers or you're just doing no carbs, whatever it is for that individual person that works with their lifestyle. I think if your head clicks on, you'll succeed. For me, this program that I'm on, it's very small meals all throughout the day to get me into fat burn. And uh, it was just very
1: easy for me. Do you think that this is something that's a sustainable thing? Because it's, you know, diets don't work. It's more like lifestyle changes, correct? Yes.
2: I mean, I have been able to maintain my weight loss up or down a pound or two um, since December. And now I've actually decided that I want to lose another 10 pounds before I do anything cosmetic. Uh, That's my next, um, I just decided I want to lose another 10 pounds, but... Um, it's not something that I'm going to do forever. It is some packaged foods, um, uh, but it has worked for me. And, um, eventually I'd like to get off of all of that, but very slowly and very carefully.
1: You, you said such a magic kind of word there or phrase about you want to lose a certain amount more before you do anything else. That's like the key advice I give as a cosmetic surgeon is that, you know, there's no shortcuts, you know, I'm the, we're the icing on the cake, whether it's tummy tucks or liposuction or getting an M-sculpt or or whatever it is, you have to do the inner work first. Otherwise, the outer work doesn't work as well. I always tell patients, I'm going to make you look good, but make me look good by doing the hard work first, and I'll be there because I think a lot of people... we. A lot of people can empower themselves, they try and work out, they try and exercise, but then they hit that wall. And that wall can often be a point of frustration that makes them like go back to not eating well because they're like, well, I can't get rid of that last 10 pounds, you know? But they have to realize that we have these external things like in the doctor's office that will never replace the work that you've done these past several months.
2: I am looking at it also as a gift to myself. I lost the weight. I want to try to lose 10 more pounds so that um, I feel really good. I've started to really exercise doing strength and conditioning and um, some more cardio because if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to take the step to do a tummy tuck that I've wanted for a while, I've had a a C-section when I was much younger and um, I want to take the steps on my own so that I feel like I deserve it and um, I've... Yeah, and that's really the way I feel about it. So, uh,
1: And every step you take, whether it's the weight loss or whether it's the surgery, it reinforces the habits that got you there. You know, looking good is very empowering. And I always say vanity does not mean narcissism. There is a healthy reinforcement that we get from feeling good about ourselves in the mirror it's not for other people it's for ourselves and it is an empowering thing and we now live in a world where we have technology and means to not only help us work out and get access to good food but to also do minor or major cosmetic procedures to complement those things and uh, i think your outlook is like it's really spot on so we, which takes me to the point of you know so The next step after that was you finding ways to help other people. So tell me a little bit about that shift and how you go
0: about doing that. You're listening to Set the Tone, the podcast, supported by BTL, makers of M-Sculpt Neo. M-Sculpt Neo offers two therapies and a single treatment for less fat and more muscle.
2: Once I started losing weight and people... There weren't that many people I was around. Um, first, my husband wanted to go on my plan, and then my stepmother saw me. It was very gradual because um, I wasn't seeing that many people. Um, and I really did it selfishly to start, to be frank. I, uh, I was looking to make a, you know, a little bit of money while I was home. But then I realized that coaching others is such a way to maintain accountability for yourself. It's almost like a sponsor and a sponsee. I was going to Um, say the same thing. Yeah, and it's been amazing. Um, I'm coaching about 30, 35 people now um, and um, cooking for some of them when they need, when they're not, you know, when they don't have time or that's not their thing. And um, it really has not only kept me focused and helped me. But to watch other people transform themselves has been really a gift.
1: That's amazing. And is it the same strategy you used or do you incorporate other things that you've learned along the way?
2: Well, I was very strict with myself. I was like, I'm getting this weight off. I'm strict. I noticed that other people, when you're coaching other people, you can't apply what worked for you to other people. And like, I didn't have a drink for three months. I was... I was going to give up drinking. It wasn't that important to me. I don't like to drink my calories. There were other people, and a lot of pushback I got from a lot of my uh, clients was they didn't want to give up alcohol.
1: That's the toughest thing.
2: For a lot of people, and especially during the pandemic. And what was interesting, I realized I couldn't be so black and white about it because it was... People have to do what works for them. I can only make recommendations. I can tell people if they don't drink, they'll lose weight faster. I can tell people if you have certain alcohols that has less sugar, I can just inform them. But as far as coaching people, I feel like you have to be open-minded enough with other people that it's their journey. And it might not be exactly what my journey was, but I I can't be judgmental. I have to allow people to do what works for them. So it's they can be committed, they can see the results, and they'll, it's something long-term for them.
1: Yeah, I find alcohol too, and again, I enjoy drinking as much as the next person, but I know what my evils are, and I'm very honest about them. And although I don't drink excessively, you know, it's not just about calories. It's about um, uh, water balance, electrolyte balance, and most importantly, it decreases your inhibitions for your control with your dietary habits.
2: I, I was just going to say that for me, it's not the alcohol. I can have one drink. I can have two drinks. It's it's that the bread basket sitting there after I've had two glasses. Yeah, it's that night. It's it, it just it loosens everything up, and it just wasn't necessary for me. There were other people that don't want to give up their wine. I have to I have to guide them that way. People, you know, are people do it. It's their journey. I, I can't say it any better than that.
1: I tell people my job is to give you options to give you recommendations and help you balance the decision-making process. But as you have learned yourself, the only person who can make the decision and make the change is you. And that's it. We're just here to empower people, to educate them and give them options. And this is true when you're going to different surgeons and all these things, nothing could be forced upon and there's no, there's no magic. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: It It is very gratifying, and I'm sure you have it in your work when you're seeing someone's change and what that does when you've done a procedure on someone. When you've watched someone lose 45 pounds who thought they couldn't do it, and they're thanking you because they can now walk further than they could walk or they can play tennis. I mean, it's a million things. Someone, people are sharing with me like when they get their labs done after they've been on the program for two or three months and that their numbers are where they've never been and they were pre-diabetic. It's, yeah. it's, it's a really rewarding thing. I know.
1: It's great. Well, you're empowering people. You know, have you found now that I'm sure you are – integrating a bit back into society like more people. We're not really in true quarantine anymore, although I don't know where that's going. But has it been uh, uh, challenging? Because now maybe you've gone to a party here, dinner things, things of that nature. How's that working out?
2: It's funny that you say that. I think especially this summer, I think summer is generally hard. I think specifically this summer has been off the charts, because yeah. people are itching to get out. Oh, yeah. They want. They feel like they've paid their dues and they want to enjoy themselves. I. It's been hard for me and challenging for me. So uh, I think it's challenging for everybody. Um, but all I can tell people, as I tell my own self, is tomorrow's a new day. Whatever you did today or whatever you did yesterday, leave it alone. It's one meal or it's one party or it's one thing. It's about a journey. And if 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 you stay focused, ninety five percent of the time, ninety percent of the time, it's better than the alternative.
1: Absolutely, as long as you 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 give in to the lifestyle thought process. I always say, you don't don't cheat, treat. You know what I mean? Give yourself a treat. That's okay. It's just a question of like, you know. Sometimes you keep treating yourself it's it's not a unique situation and then you lose the flavor for it anyway. So you know what I mean? It's like you're just putting things in your mouth or sweets or whatever or drinking or doing whatever. When you allow yourself a little bit of enjoyment once in a while, you could appreciate the 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 lack of a better word, the sweetness of the of the experience, whether it's a croissant or a good dessert or something like that. It's
2: very interesting how many people how many people feel so guilty after they have participated or drank too much or ate too much when they're on a program. And in th- the key is, okay, you did that. So have a good time. Don't feel guilty. It's it's food shouldn't be making you feel guilty.
1: Yeah. Tomorrow's a new day. Was it the use? Now you mentioned that you were gonna consider having some surgery done once you lost a little more weight. Is your mindset different did years ago you were looking into this, like without having the um, the evolution and the maturation to understand what you do now, which is you want to try and maximize things on your own. Did you seek cosmetic procedures as a quick fix before that didn't work?
2: No, I mean, in my lifetime, I've done some um, Botox and fillers over the years, but never a true like surgery cosme- you, you knew yeah, what no, you had to
1: you knew what you yeah. had to do first,
2: yes. and I felt like I feel like personally, and I don't you know, other people must feel differently. but for me, I felt like, I had to get to my ideal weight and be the healthiest I could be before I would treat myself to that, and so I'm gonna get there one way or the other. I'm just worried that once I hear what it entails, I might chicken out. But
1: oh, uh, that's okay. But you know what? Again, you're gonna have your options, and you'll use whatever it can to empower you, Karen. You are what I call uh, a a a, a pro aging kind of muse you really you you have exactly how I've always seen what I've written about what I speak about and lecture about you you truly understand the balance between taking care of yourself on the inside on the outside and to me that is the most predictive of your success now and coming down uh, in the future so you know congratulations again and I want to thank you so much for joining us and everybody, uh, thank you for joining us on uh, BTL's podcast. Uh, and we will see you all
0: soon. Here's to all of us being the healthiest we can be. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the podcast. Don't forget to check out previous episodes of Set the Tone, the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit BodyByBTL.com for more information on BTL's and Up.